and welcome back to Celsius 233, the podcast that discusses Fahrenheit 451. Today, we'll be discussing section three of the book called Burning Bright. Before we get started, we are going to respond to a question T has asked based on our last discussion. Here it is. Okay, so in your guys' discussion, you guys talked about BD a lot. So I have two questions for you. So um, since you guys think that BD read the books, if he really did, why do you think he stopped and became a fireman? Do you think it was against his will or he decided to do it? And my second question is that if you guys think that BD knew about Montag hiding the books all along, why do you think that he didn't turn them in? Do you think that it's because he wanted to be like Montag's friend or he just didn't know? Okay, that's all. Uh, we want to respond for your, to your second question first. Why did Beatty not turn in Montag at the beginning? I think he B was wanting to like <clears throat> was like I want. Okay. <laughs> it is Beatty, not Beatty. It's Beatty. Oh it's my Beatty. god. It's Beatty. Oh whatever. Okay. okay. So I think I think Beatty Beatty. <laughs> Clarissa. Dude, oh sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. Okay. okay sorry. Okay. okay. So I think Beatty did not want to turn in Montag because I think he was trying to like, 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 de- like push him into it. He was like, sort of like bringing him in. He wasn't like he didn't want to be the one turning it in. And and yeah. Okay. Does anyone else want to add? To that? Um, yeah, I'll I'll add to that. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. So. Um, I think that Beatty didn't, I think that Beatty wanted to change Montag's mind because, I mean, my theory is that Beatty, like, his, he had read books in the past and, like, he, he understands the temptation to want to read them, but he doesn't want Montag to get in trouble. So he's saying, hey, I understand that, like, you, you're curious about this, but I really don't think you should do this. Like, just stop now. Like, don't, like, listen. And then, of course, Montag doesn't listen. He, he continues to read the books. Yeah. But I think that Beatty doesn't turn him in because he's hoping that Montag will stop and he won't have to do anything. And he was a good fireman, so that kind of yeah. helped the relationship. Yeah, I mean, there's no reason to like turn him in if he's not necessarily doing anything wrong to him specifically. Yeah. I think it's because in Beatty's younger days, we get the um, message that he did read books, but he got scared about it. And then he like did a 180 and totally forgot about them. I think he's seeing if Montag will do that, and he's giving him a chance, like, okay, you can turn back now. But he doesn't, and then he kills him and runs away. <laughs> yeah. To the river. Yeah. Um, okay, so for to your first question, uh, why did Beatty decide to read books, and why did he stop? Um, I, th- I think that he, want, he, didn't, like, he felt overwhelmed by the information that was coming, so he decided to back out since he didn't want to, like, end up like, because of the law he didn't want to get like arrested or anything so I think he was scared about that that influenced his decision to go back yeah I think initially he was curious like Montag he was really curious about the books and he wondered like oh well I mean what's really so bad I think that just the ideas in the books presented to him kind of confused him and he just didn't really know how to handle it and he just thought that like not reading books was better than reading them because the because then he didn't have to question his views. Arissa, do you have anything to add to that? No. 
Okay, cool. Um, well, I hope that, that answered your question. To start, we will give our 30-second summaries, Ani, Arissa, and I, uh, for Section 3 of Fahrenheit. Ani, do you want to go first? Yes. Arissa, are you ready? Yeah. Okay, okay yeah, Arissa will time. Okay. Right, ready, set, go. Montag is caught by Beatty, Beatty and the fireman. And then... <laughs> okay, then Beatty... Um, then Beatty, like, kind of, like, taunts him, like... Talks about him and compares him to Icarus and all that, and alludes him to that. <clears throat> and then Montag like eventually burns him alive. And then Montag like run gets runs away. And then kind of is like brought in like into that shock of like he thinks that BD wanted to die. <clears throat> and then the... oh, that was really bad. <laughs> it was. Good. No, it wasn't. Yes. Yeah, it really wasn't. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Okay, no, but it wasn't. Mine's probably going to be too long. Are you ready, Castle? Okay, yeah. Go. Instruction starts off with Guy, Beatty, and the other firemen arriving at Guy's house. Mildred escapes in a car, and Guy realizes that she and her friends were the ones who called the alarm after called the alarm. After burning his own house, Guy kills Beatty and runs away. He runs to Faber's house and tells him to leave town and then jumps in the river to escape the hound, who's chasing after him because he's a fugitive from, like, the government. Uh... Yep. Once out, he meets a group of revolutionists, led by a man named Granger, who have each memorized parts of books in an effort to keep literature alive. Then, a bomb drops on the city, destroying everyone and likely killing Mildred. Alright, that's time. Boom! Oh, nice that's actually job. not that bad. Okay, great. Alright. I... You tiny? Um, yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm just horrible. Okay. Uh, ready, set, go. Our section begins with the fireman's next assignment, Guy's house. Guy realizes that Mildred called the fire department when she runs away in a taxi and Beatty taunts him. He is then told to burn his own house down. He then kills Beatty and the hound and runs away to Faber's house. The city brings in another hound, so Montag has to escape. He runs through town towards the river while they broadcast the chase. When he reaches the river, he floats downstream while the, while, until the uh, river pushes him towards shore. He gets out and begins to walk down the tracks where he's certain where police walked before. He meets former professors and they talk about how they represented books. And then the city gets bombed. <laughs> I love that you're just like, oh yeah, and by the way, the city was just bombed. That's great. Because it's just so, I mean, it seems a little insignificant just because like a lot of stuff happened. Yeah. But I mean, it's still, it's still it was kind of like the big dies. like thing at the end. Uh-huh. The city yeah. just blows up. Okay, so who won? Uh, I think me, yep, probably, because yeah. you yours you was like, a little, yeah. a little yeah, too detailed. I spoke. Yeah. Yours was not almost done. Not spoke really yeah, I yeah. like three words. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Uh, now we will start our planned discussion questions. Okay, Ani, I heard that you want to start yeah. us off for our planned yeah. discussion questions. Okay. So my question was, <clears throat> if there was a sequel to this book, what do you guys think will happen next? Um. I think that the sequel would start off with Guy trying to rebuild society and kind of, yeah, like rebuild the town and stuff. Um, I I don't think that would happen, honestly. Well, I think I think he would try. I mean, maybe not succeed, but maybe there would be something with like. I think he might try to like stop government, like be like also because he's stopping the firemen. Like he would go full like Hunger Games diversion. (laughs) I mean, maybe. That would be so be cool actually. That would be fun, you know, with uh, Granger and stuff, and they all kind of like come together. together. That an Avatar at the end of the movie when they like come together and then yeah, and then they just fight like the giant like. 
Um, yeah, Avatar. Have you you've never seen Avatar? No. Oh my god. <gasps> okay. You, anyway, what, what are you doing with your life? <laughs> All right. So, I think. Go, go. I know. Go. No, we're just being really loud. I'm sorry. Okay. okay. Uh, I think <sighs> in the, if there was a next book, it mostly go through guy learning about the books and stuff like that. You would like. Well, I mean, not learning about the books. That was like, mostly like Fahrenheit. I would want to like start reading those like classic novels, <clears throat> like those good ones. Yeah. No, like, I think what they do is they go from town to town and try to get as many books as they can. <clears throat> I think they're trying to like collect all the people, and yeah. then they would all like build their own like civilization or something, yeah, and try to just kind of like have like their own society uh-huh. separate from any government or other people who don't agree with them. And then yeah. they're trying to slowly like expand out. They would get like printing presses and like print out new books and just kind of like. But at the I same know, time, expand. I feel like at one point this uh, that society thing where they rebuild it, they would, it would become corrupt in some way. Like you have to read books or you can't not want to read. And oh then, yeah, because yeah, then, like yeah, then they'll like just start like. So it'll be like the opposite. I think that'd be interesting because then that would set up a good thing for like the third book. Could be like like, guy has to like has to find a middle ground. Yeah, he has to fight between like one society and then the other because two are like at two extreme societies. Yeah, Yeah. I think that's a good thing. Yeah. Okay. Uh, my question was, um, why? Well, so in the book, Montag uh, thought that. So okay. So in section three, Montag killed Beatty mm-hmm. uh, with a flamethrower, yeah. and he said that Beatty wanted to die. Uh, so why do you think he thought that? That yeah. Why do you think the guy thought Beatty wanted to die? I think it's because Beatty was very conflicted. Like he he liked books, but at the same time he was scared of them. Mhm. So he like he just seemed like he wanted to end it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Kind of a little. Mhm. Yeah. Was like. I don't know, like, he was, like, taunting him, like, before, like, yeah. he got, like, like he, but then he at didn't this even, like, try to, like, yeah. stop him. And then at the same time, right before he pulled the trigger, his eyes got wide a little bit, it says it in the book. Yeah, on 112 it says, yeah, Beatty glanced instantly in Mo- at Montag's fingers and his eyes widened the, widened the faintest bit, so. He was like, a little surprised he pulled yeah. the trigger, but at the same time, it's like he yeah. expected. Because on the page, he was like the entire time in the beginning of the section, he was taunting him. Uh-huh. You know, he was saying He's like, "Oh, like you got burned, book. Montag. You shouldn't have like gone so close to the flame or you know, something sun, like that." Yeah. yeah, the sun. And so I think he did want he did he wanted a reaction out of Montag. Maybe he was surprised Not on how angry Montag he was. Out, yeah. I think he definitely wanted Montag to be angry, but he didn't want Montag to kill him, maybe. Yeah. Just because he seemed honestly surprised. Maybe he just a wanted little, him to, like, hit him so that could give him, like, an excuse only, to turn it in. only, like, the faintest bit, so I think it was just a little surprised. Yeah. I mean, yeah. even if I wanted to die, I would probably be surprised if someone killed me. I mean, mm-hmm. just, just yeah. from the surprise no, like, of it. Yeah. I would think it would probably be, like, uh... Don't do it. Mm-hmm. Don't go that far. Okay, fine. I won't, I won't go that far. No. Um, okay, so... Hey, Arissa, do you have any... you want to share your question? I had that if you think society, like, do you think they will, after the war and the bombing and stuff, do you think they'll rebuild society better, or will they fall back into old habits? The government is still there, right? So, Yeah, but will they see that, like, the bombing and stuff (coughs) is bad, so they probably have to change something? Yeah. I think, definitely, if there were a sequel, like, hypothetically, this goes back to Annie's question... I think that 
the government would try to hunt them down, definitely, to try to, like, impose their view... Well, because... Well, yeah. Or, like, or society would kind of go on, like, a witch hunt. Um, okay, so... <laughs> Do you have anything to add to the question? I think? No, I really don't. I think no? that's good. So, so that will end our discussion questions. Okay. Thank okay, thanks. Okay. And uh, next we'll do our theme discussion. For section three of Fahrenheit 451, we have decided on the theme vulnerability. Because Montag is very vulnerable because he was exposed, because he was put on TV while he was being chased away. And in this section, uh, Beatty finds out that Montag has been hiding books and reading them. And he goes to his house and he forces Montag to burn it down. And just a lot of things happen that are not in Montag's favor. And because of this, he becomes very vulnerable and frightened and very paranoid until he meets Granger, of course, at near the end. Uh, one section where I think the author really showed Montag's vulnerability after being exposed was on page 137. And this is after a uh, guy escapes and he's running away from all the helicopters and the f- and police and stuff. And he thinks that the hound is following him. Um, so on page 137 it says, Out of the black wall before him, a whisper, a shape. In the shape, two eyes, the night looking for him, the forest seeing him. The hound, after all the running and rushing and sweating it out and half-drowning, to come this far, work this hard, and think yourself safe and sigh with relief and come out on the land at last, only to find the hound. So he thinks that the hound is following him. In the end, um, he finds out that it's just a deer. But this section, you can really tell that that Montag is really paranoid about being discovered and about the hound following him. I think that the author really um, shows his thought process and how he's so like relieved and that he's paranoid. Yeah, I really agree with that. And then as well, um, right here, in the morning he would not have needed sleep for all the warm odors and sights of a complete country night, but have rested and slept them with his eyes are wide and his mouth when he sought to test it was a half smile. Here we really see he's, this is the first time he's like actually somewhat happy, like he's he's smiling a little bit. I think that's what's happening anyway. And he's just daydreaming and he's being very, I guess, like he's just sitting in his own world for the first time yeah. that we see. Yeah, because I think that he's just really relieved that, because like at first he thinks that he's escaped, and then he thinks that the hound is following. Yeah. So it's you can definitely see like the contrast in like his thought process mm-hmm. and. Oh, like, that was on page one thirty six. Yeah. Um, and another thing. Oh, so so let's just talk about why uh, guy is so vulnerable. Like what happened. So um, on page one twelve. Mm-hmm. Uh, it says, um, well, on page 112, he finds out that, um, that Mildred betrayed him. Oh, no, sorry, that's on page, sorry, 111. Uh, it says, Montag started to speak twice and then finally managed to put his thought together. Was it my wife, was it my wife turned in the alarm? Beatty nodded, but her friends turned in an alarm earlier that I let ride. 
One way or the other, you'd have got it. It was pretty silly, quoting poetry around free and easy like that. It was the act of a, sil of a silly damn snob. Give a man a few lines of verse, and he thinks he's the lord of all creation. You think you can walk on water with your books? Well, the world can get by just fine without them. So, this is where uh, Guy realizes that Mildred betrayed him and that she turned him in. And I didn't think... So, earlier, I don't think that he was really... He didn't really trust Mildred, but I definitely think that he felt betrayed that, like, she turned him in. Because he didn't really trust her, mm -hmm. but I think he thought that he could trust her to not, like, tell on him, I guess. Yeah. I think throughout the book, all this has been, like, chipping away at um, Montag until finally when he realizes that Mildred told on him. He just broke. I mean, yeah. like, he went crazy, mm -hmm. pretty much. After he burned his house down and stuff. Yeah. And then um, on 112, a little bit later down the page, it says, Montag did not hear. He was far away. He was running with his mind. He was gone, leaving this dead, soot-covered body to sway in front of another raving fool. So, yeah. I just think that that shows how disoriented he is. You know, he just found out his yeah. wife betrayed him. He's just been discovered. And he just, yeah. Mm -hmm. Overall, he just seems very, like almost confused on what's going on because it seems like it's happening really fast yeah. and he just doesn't really know how to process it. And then another thing I wanted to bring up, this doesn't really have to do with the scene, but it's a connection I made. So mm -hmm. you remember in the beginning on like the first page it was talking about how the fire hose was like a python or the kerosene hose was a like a python and yeah. a very strong animal and stuff. Right here it compares it to another like, on 113 it says and then he was a shrieking blaze, jumping, swelling, gibbering mannequin, no longer human or known, all breathing flame on the lawn as Montag shot one continuous pulse of liquid fire in him. There was a hiss like a great mouthful of spittle banging on a red-hot stove, a bubbling and frothing as if the salt had been poured over a monster's back snail to cause a ther terrible liquefa liquefaction and a boil over a yellow foam. I thought that was interesting because it's almost like the python is now getting beady so to speak, yeah. he was comparing the fire to a python in the beginning, and now, or baby, sorry, and now he's, baby's come to an end, it's ironic, because he's a fireman, that he died because of fire, so. Yeah, I think that's a good comparison, um, yeah, I like that, because it shows how, like, he's still kind of controlling the fire in the beginning, he was using it to burn people's like houses down and stuff and it was more he was getting like pleasure from it but now you know and, and this is when he he burned Beatty like he killed him with the yeah. uh fire hose or the flamethrower yeah flamethrower um and so he's like he's still using the fire but it's more like desperately I guess yeah because he's kind of like manic in the way that like he knows that like after he kills him I mean, it's more of, like, a crime of passion and not, like, he just yeah. kind of does it. It's, like, uh -huh. in the moment because before Beatty was, like, taunting him and stuff and he just, like he just kind of really exploded. thought of Beatty that way. It's more like, oh, this guy sucks, but I, I mean, I wouldn't kill him. Yeah. Yeah. I think just everything happening, um, that kind of really heightened his emotions and he just couldn't really control himself. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. And so I have a story that relates to the theme. Okay, so um, when I was nine... Or, like, w when I was younger, you know, like, a, l a little a little tater tot. Um, <laughs> sorry, okay. Uh, I was at, I was, like, Hy-Vee or something like that, like, a store. Mm -hmm. And I lost my mom. And 
um, I was just kind of like running around like trying to find her and stuff and the entire time I thought that there was this guy following me like he wasn't I mean I don't I don't think so I mean I don't really remember if he was but probably not I don't know who would like follow someone in Hy-Vee? Anyway, so I thought this guy was following me and I just kind of got, like as I went, I got more and more like paranoid and stuff. And then like finally like I found my mom and it was like all good. But I mean, I was really paranoid even when, but I think that like if I hadn't lost my mom, I wouldn't have thought that the guy was following me. I think like that event like made me more paranoid. So I think that in this section, um, Montag is kind of like me in the fact that he's just been kind of like exposed and like he lost his books, like he lost his like his everything. Kind of, yeah, he like his like, entire safety life. net kind of thing. Like the thing that like grounds him, you know, Mildred's gone, the books are gone, his house is gone. You know, even, even his he, identity because everyone thinks he's dead now. Yeah, and and even Beatty's gone, and so he just doesn't know what to do, and he's just like running. And then like as he's running, he thinks the hound is following him, which is like the guy in the store. And really, it's not, but he's just so paranoid that the hound is there. You know, that, mm-hmm. that he thinks the hound is there. Yeah. And then at the end, he finds his mom again because he finds Granger. Which, I like that. Yeah, <laughs> which is kind of, mom. yeah, which is kind of like the new mom because he, because Granger's all about like books and like he's memorized all these books and stuff, or the parts of books. And so he, Granger's like his new mom. That's, which, I like that a lot. Thank you. And so I have another connection. So mm-hmm. when I was younger, I was, like, deathly afraid of the dark. Like, I oh. had to have a nightlight or, like, the bathroom light had to be on or something. So I think, like, one time the the power went out because it was a big storm or something. I don't remember. And we all were going to bed at this point. And I was deathly afraid again because it was dark. There was, there was no light at all. So as I'm looking around in the middle of the night, I my eyes start making shapes out of the different objects in the room. And I think that's kind of similar to what is going through his head, through Montag's head as he's running from the hound. Like he's completely paranoid and he thinks he's following them and he thinks he's gonna get caught. And I think that when the light turned on for Montag when he found Granger and he was and grounded and stuff, and he, yeah. like, found a touchstone with Clarice, I think. Like, that calmed him, knowing that she'd been on the tracks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. It's a good connection. Good Thank job. you. Um, so I have, just to go a little bit more, like, so, so about, like, Granger being his mom, and how he kind of, like, he lost his books and stuff, and, like, Clarice and like all all those people, but like he found another person, and like and and even Faber's gone. I mean Faber's not dead, like as we know, he's probably not. But I mean he's still you know he's still left. Anyway, so on page one fifty two, this is towards the end. This is um like as the uh, bombs are going down on the city, mm-hmm. and uh, Guy is with uh, Granger and all the other men, and they're just watching, and. He says, on 152, Mildred, perhaps, who would ever know? Perhaps the great broadcasting stations with their beams of color and light and talk and chatter went first into oblivion. Montag, falling flat, going down, saw or felt, or imagined he saw or felt the walls go dark in Millie's face, heard her screaming because in the millionth part of time left, she saw her own face reflected there, in a mirror instead of a crystal ball. And it was such a wildly empty face, all by itself in the room, touching nothing, starved and eating of itself, that at last she recognized it as her own and looked quickly up at the ceiling as 
as it and the entire structure of the hotel blasted down upon her, carrying her with a million pounds of brick, metal, plaster, and wood to meet other people in the hives below, all on their quick way down to the cellar where the explosion rid itself of them in its own unreasonable way. So, yeah, that was a long run-on sentence. I'm sorry. That was, like, really long. It was deep, though. Yeah. So, I think that that... Because even though... Because... I think that's important because, like, he thinks that it's all over, you know? Like, he was, you know, scared and paranoid and stuff, but then he met uh, Granger, and he thinks, like, oh, well, I mean, it's not that bad. I can, you know, try to rebuild society. There's other people who think like me. I'm not alone. And then just the bombs, you know, go down. And I think that that's a really nice, like, parallel, I guess. Like, that could be, like, I don't know. It's It's just a very good parallel in emotions that he's feeling because he was all happy like almost hopeful and then all he can think about is um like Mildred is probably dead and like everything is destroyed and I think that it's a nice parallel to his life because his life was just destroyed because Beatty found out that he was hiding books and stuff and now like everything's destroyed so he kind of has to like rebuild it himself and he has no one around him besides Granger but I mean I like that one Another thing I wanted to bring up was right after that passage, mm-hmm. it Montag remembers where he met Mildred, which I think is like very ironic because yeah. as she's meeting her end, he finally remembers where they began. Yeah. And like what I I don't know, it's just ironic how Yeah. I think that's almost Yeah, I think that's almost sad just because like like, they spent so much time just not, really, like, not getting along, really. I mean, they weren't fighting, but, I mean, they just weren't, like, connecting. And then and then now that she's dead, he finally kind of, like, remembers, like, yeah. why he married her. Why well, n- well, not why he married her, but, like... Where it all started. Yeah. I thought that was really sad. Yeah, I thought that was... That's depressing. Yeah. And, yeah, it just seems like everything that could possibly go wrong just went wrong. Yeah, and then some. Yeah, and I think that that's just really why he was just so vulnerable, because, Mm -hmm. like, everything that could go wrong went wrong. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think that uh, concludes our discussion about the theme of part three of Fahrenheit 451, vulnerability. (laughs) Okay, thank you for listening. Thanks for listening to uh, our podcast uh, Celsius 233. I hope you enjoyed listening. Bye. Bye.